brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is Unspoiled covering Sandman, Volume 9, The Kindly Ones. In this episode, don't call them the Furies. They don't like that. Instead, call them those weird ladies who eat baby parts. Welcome to Unspoiled. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips like roses and clover. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are Don't call them the Furies. They've been here for years. I had a feeling uh, somebody was going to do that. I thought it might be me, but thank you, Miles. You're welcome. Um, I, I'm always here to take that load off you. <laughs> I apologize to everybody for my very half-hearted and partially thought-out introduction. I'm very tired, and um, I did very, very much enjoy this, but I am afraid that my in- my energy levels will not get that across at all. So I want you all to know that I did like it right off the bat. It's the oldest of tales. A king will forsake his kingdom. Life yep. and death will fashion fray. The oldest of battles begins once more. Natasha will have her period in a couple of days. <laughs> hopefully. Fucking hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway. We're going to do the first, like, I think five issues of this? Five issues, hopefully. Unless yeah. we go real long, in which case I will veto that. But at the yeah, moment, we'll, 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 we'll say long at all. <laughs> at this point. Um, but, okay, so I really really enjoyed this a lot um, I'm, glad I'm very curious about how the rest of this is gonna go because it's so it's so much has happened already and it's just how many issues are there in this 15 13? 13 13 yeah we're okay. a third basically so there is a lot left to go and i feel like so much has already happened that i just don't feel like we've had a story with this this much actually happening so oh, yeah. 
close together. This is a blockbuster. Out of all the story arcs, I feel this is the most blockbustery out of all the Sandman ones. I mean, I like I know if they made a movie out of Sandman, this would be what they'd adapted from. Uh, yeah, I agree. There's so much action. So much happens. Um, so let's let's just get into it since we are all feeling a bit uh, peaked at the moment. Well, I mean, <laughs> we have been wondering where these ladies have been for the past what three volumes? Yeah, they've been hard yep. at work um, taking aborted baby parts and selling them on the black market. Apparently. Whoa. Oh, wait, no, sorry, that was Planned Parenthood. No, it's not. I'm sorry. But there was just somebody in the comments <laughs> on, like, every single one of those articles that compared those videos to a bunch of witches cackling over a cauldron. And so in this part, when they're actually talking about baby fingers and one that was a strangled birth, I was like, oh, shit, this is feeling very familiar. Mm. Um but 1994 is the year we're in right now. Yeah, I enjoyed them calling them portable phones. At one point, I was like, "Oh, they're so oh precious. They don't even beepers. allow beepers." I'm like, "Oh no, how will I live without my beeper?" Oh my! <laughs> I'm sure years from now, people will look at current day comics and be like, ah, "Apple, what that thing?" <laughs> Someday. Um, remember Twitter? That was funny and fucking stupid. I remember when Twitter first came out, and I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. There's no way this is going to be successful. What fucking weirdos. Well, it's been successful, but it's still the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Well, that way. I have seen and heard much dumber since then, so... At the time it was, but I underestimated humanity's la- uh, aptitude for creating <laughs> dumb shit that I don't understand. <laughs> um, Hello, thank you, Fantastic Four movies. <laughs> I did you, not see them. You've served us well. Uh, speaking of which. Um, okay, so guy anyway. dreaming about faceless women who are being ridden by wolves and he tries to push them off him and his hand goes into their brain, except there's no brain there. And uh, this is the prequel, the prologue, when the guy's dreaming. Um, um, you mean when the when the free when the um the the gray ladies are in the house? You mean? Mm, No, it says there's a dream in which huge faceless women with wolves astride them are chewing at my entrails and legs. They have sharp teeth. That's the very first. Didn't we already? Didn't we already read that? Not that I remember. Is that the... This is the first one in the Kindly Ones. This is like okay. Well, the first the one, I, the, the first one I read. The first one I read was about the the fates in the house. Okay, no, the first one That's I've got here is called the Castle Prologue. And oh no, no I, didn't, you have different I didn't have that. Well, what the fuck? Oop. Um. Yeah, this one's about Lucien. Uh, Dry, like leading some dreamer through the house, through the castle, and everybody getting introduced to uh, this person that he thinks is one of Dream's guests. And Dream finally actually shows up and is like, uh, Lucien, does this person look like my guest? And Lucien's like, oh <laughs> shit, this is just a dreamer. And he's like, oh, whatever, you can come along and I'll show you stuff. And then the person wakes up and is like, oh, I wanted to keep dreaming, but I don't remember why anymore. And I'm like, 
or they said, I don't, I wanted to keep on sleeping, but I don't remember why anymore. And I'm like, whoever asked that question, you want to keep on sleeping because it's the best thing there is. You <laughs> never, ever need a reason to want to keep sleeping, ever. Uh, that's weird. You must have a more recent uh, compilation. Yeah. Because I don't, I, I, don't, I don't recall ever having read that story. Huh. Uh, same, because uh, my volume of The Kindly One starts at Sandman issue number 57, which opens up with the house, with the three faiths. With the ball of yarn and the fortune cookie. Yeah, that's the next one. So yeah. the one that I just read was Prologue. Okay. Well, nothing much happens. We just meet a bunch of people in Prologue anyway that we all know. And, uh, you know, whatever. So I'm fine with just skipping over that. Okay, so Fate's ball of yarn. Um, is anyone is anyone else getting shit tons of interference? Mm, no. No. I'm Okay. Must just, must just be me. Must just be the fates. They're trolling us again. Yeah, now right. Back. They've been Fucking like, we're fates. back, bitches. You forgot about Brittany, Mildred, and McCoy. <laughs> McCoy? <laughs> I, I don't I, I ran, Just I ran go with like, it. Just go with Brittany, Mildred, and McCoy. The throne is so wide, she, um, she no longer is bound by gender. <laughs> um, I do really like the art style in this, too. At first, I when I first see Brittany, I was like, wait, what the fuck is this? And then, yeah, like you said, Miles, it grew on me after a little while. And I was suddenly like, you know what? I'm all right with it. Uh, but it appears so the mother is knitting. And it is apparently at first, she, it seems like they're talking about what she's going to make for somebody. Um, he could be a poet in a lovely scarf or a fisherman in his special woolly sweater or a hunter in his nice thick socks. And then it turns out that she's actually like making a life while she's knitting. And she gets yeah. kind of attached and really likes it. And the crone is like, all right, well, I think that one's long enough. And she's like, but I like this one. Can it go on just a little longer? And she's like, you're soft, oh. snip. I was like, oh, shit. She's ruthless. Um, and... And also, the crone is uh, lamenting the fact that nobody is ever happy with what they have. That no matter what they do, people are going to want something else. And even when they get something else and it's exactly what they asked for, it's still not going to be what they wanted. And I'm just like, preach it, crone. Fucking true. I know. And, and yeah, this is still like she's, um, she's dancing as she's saying it. She goes, it was never, uh, it's never what they want. And if we give them what they want, they think they want, they like. They like it less than ever. Yep. And so it's like shaking her dance. She looks like she's doing like, I don't know, the hustle. I don't know. <laughs> so really old dance move. Um, yeah, this I just really like because it makes me think of uh, like the monkey's paw kind of thing where somebody makes a wish and they don't realize that it comes with like fine print. But I really wish that there were more stories where there wasn't some sort of trick and people did get exactly what they want, and it just happened to suck. But it was just their own fucking fault. Because I feel like whenever it's, um, oh, you know, the the paw is evil and will give you something but take something else away. Or you made a deal with a fairy, but the fairy's evil and just wants to fuck shit up. There's always, like, somebody else to blame for being unhappy. But mostly it's just our own fault that we don't like something and that we thought it was going to be something different. We thought that purely out of our own imagination nobody told us it was going to be a certain way we just, just like imagined that and they get I mean, mad when things Arya, don't line up with that Arya comes to mind from the game of thrones series 
she's got that version of the three wishes and they you know it's not like the wish granter is inherently evil he does exactly what she wants him to do that's true but i still feel like but in the end she out. gets what she wants in no, the she end doesn't. Ah. not really well, I feel that George R. R. Martin trolls the Stark kids by sort of giving them what they want. Sansa wanted to be the pretty, pretty princess. Guess what? You did get it. Done. And uh. then Bran wanted adventures. He didn't. He didn't clearly define, using legal terms, what type of adventure he wanted. <laughs> so he has an adventure. It's an adventure. Yeah, Bran, you really should have had a lawyer look that over first. Exactly. Bran, yeah, Bran really wanted to be a fighter, but he rolled up a wizard instead. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> oh, snippity snap. Um, okay, so it goes pretty much straight from uh, all good things um, got to finish sometime, and then we go to Hippolyta. Oh, Hippolyta. I like, to, I, I like well, to think of her as Lyta. I, I think... I think it's Hippolyta, but it's Lyta when it's shortened. Okay. Um, and she is losing her goddamn mind because there's sand in this kid's bed. Which, I wonder how it's not there. Yeah, how'd that happen? Right? I'm like, we all know why that sand's there. It kind of surprises me that she doesn't immediately know why it's there. Like, she's... I think a- she's in denial. She, she's the Liza Aaron of the Sandman series. <laughs> she is... She is I said it once and I'll say it again. She is in complete and utter denial. But the thing is that it's like she's so focused on wanting to keep her son safe that that would being in denial of that doesn't make sense to me. I, I like, think she really has erased the past. What was it? Two years that she was pregnant, but in the dream world. Mm. Was it three years? I mean, yeah, I think so. Two or three. It was a long time, and I think she she really thinks that. And I woke up was all all there is that she needs to remember of that situation. Well, and she's totally like she's not even really thinking about it. it it's pretty clear over the course of this story so far that Hippolyta lives only for her son. Yeah. And doesn't even have time for wondering how the fucking sand got in his bed. She just wants to make sure it's not burning him or whatever. You know, like. Oh, God. Um, you, see, you see what I did there? I, I yeah. saw you did there. Mm-hmm. Um, so her friend Carla is like, you know what, crazy lady? Let's go out and get some fucking ice cream. And. Hippolyta's like, uh, no, I'm trying to diet. I'm like, oh yeah, you're, you really need to diet, lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're just obese. Like, okay. Um, and they run into this crazy old dude who's passing out flowers and singing nursery rhymes, and um, she loses her shit. She flips out and grabs the guy and it's like screaming at him to leave her son alone and he fought like sits down and starts sobbing on the side of oh i felt so bad for this i know me too me too oh like Um, and carla's like he's just a guy i see him he's all here all the time he hands full fucking flowers leave him alone right and and daniel's even like a little um you know he's he's not afraid of the old man he's going ice cream ice cream ice cream and i love that She's like, later, I overreacted, didn't I? And Carla's like, uh-huh. Yep. And I'm like, maybe go back and apologize, but no, I overreacted. Oh, well, let's leave that man sobbing on the side of the fucking road. <laughs> Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. 
If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's <laughs> fine. By the Aaron. I hate her. I oh, want yeah. As she thinks she's Cersei, but she's not desirous Cersei. <laughs> you you know that like off screen that kid is totally still breastfeeding. Oh, oh my god! Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, so they're having ice cream, and Carla asks her about whether she's going to take Eric up on his job offer, and she's like, "He just wants to get in my pants. He doesn't want to give me a job." And Carla's like, "That's not it." And she's like, "Well, maybe, but." And later on, I'm like. Is it not it? Because it yeah, kind of seems totally like it. that's totally that's, it. That's absolutely it. It's like, <laughs> they go to the meeting. I mean, I guess we'll get to it later, but I just want to say, they go to the meeting and she's like, so what do you want me to do for you? And he goes, I don't know. Write your job description. I'll sign it. Yeah. Okay. Like, if that happens to me in a job interview, I'm like, okay, so thanks for your time. Uh, I, you know, I'll get back to you, crazy person. I mean, but, that's like the exact... Um, the exact deal that Dresden gets offered by the mob boss in one of the Dresden Files books is the guy's basically like, create your own job description. You can work up to five hours a week. You can have any salary you like. And it's a deal with the devil. Anybody knows that. You deal, well, it, terms like that don't come. Well, well you in know, this case, it's good. It, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was, I was going to jump in because I was going to say that we're at Lux Piano Bar. Which is run yeah. by Lucifer after I mean it's in the it's in the Lucifer series. Mm-hmm. It's even gonna be they've even mentioned it in the Fox. I've seen the pilot and I can say it now. I've seen the pilot for Lucifer's uh, Fox's Lucifer. And it's gonna be at Lux Piano Bar. Um that waitress that doesn't speak, I don't know if you realize that, Natasha, but that doesn't that's Mazikeen. And the reason she wears that half mask is to hide her um acid yep. side. Okay, cool. That makes yeah. sense. I was wondering yeah. about that. I was like, is that I just mean, a thing they do there? Oh no. <laughs> No, that's that's they, they, they lampshade it as oh she it's a silent waitress isn't that amazing? Yeah, she doesn't Good talk. Stuff. She she does talk. If she asked for your order, she would be like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think this bit is really important at the end of the scene where she says, "If anything happened to Daniel, I wouldn't die. I would kill them." Which is obviously very true. Yeah, and it's like basically the choice that it starts coming down to as we move through the story as well. Are you just going to lie down and die, or are you going to kill somebody? Um, that's pretty much her quest later for the rest of this uh, <clears throat> this volume, right? Yep. So then we go to dream and or to the dreaming, and uh, Matthew is flying around asking everybody about who came before him and everything, and it's nobody like is giving him a strange a answer, like straight answer. Um, I don't even feel like he's being a pest. I feel like he's asking genuine questions. But the first person he asks is Merv, who doesn't give any shits about anything. And he's never going to get an answer that matters out of Merv. And then he goes to Noala, who is not going to know anything. And right. uh, and then to Lucien, who is just, you know, kind of... I feel like he would be helpful if he could, but he's just not that 
He doesn't think that way. He does his job and that's it. He's very single-minded. So he finally goes directly to Dream, who is busy building another Corinthian. Yep. Um, this matchmaker, is... Matchmaker, make me... Oh, sorry, wrong song, wrong song. <laughs> Wait, what? I was, I was about to break into Matchmaker, Matchmaker, make me a match. But why? Because of Rosh Hashanah. Just kidding. Never mind. I'm sorry. Tyrannosaurus. I'm I know that that Rosh Hashanah was like what the day before yesterday. Oh, it's tonight. Tonight or it was? It's tonight. Yeah, it's tonight. Okay. Oh God, so, is also, it really? But why? also because on the subject of like you know um, making wishes to create the perfect man, not gonna happen. Oh, <laughs> okay. I had no idea that Rosh Hashanah was tonight. I am the worst Jew in the world. You guys, <laughs> just saying. Oopsies. Um, I only knew because of an article I read about Bernie Sanders. Ah. Um, Who is a significantly better Jew than me. He's a better Jew than anybody, I felt like. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking at you, Jesus. Okay, so (laughs) moving on to a dark mirror, and he's talking about that he's building the Corinthian again because it needs to be. Like, the Corinthian is... Something to hold up to humanity to frighten them. It's not meant to be reassuring, as he says it later. Um, because Matthew's like, well, you're just not going to have him like killing people and eating their eyeballs again anymore. And he's like, well, no, that's. I mean, he's going to do that. What? Yeah. <laughs> he's just not going to be as much of a fucking moron. Yeah. And um, at this point, Matthew's asking about, you know, the other ravens that came before him, and he says that. She said there's been 11 or 12, remember? And Dream says there have been rather more than that. And uh, he says, yeah, well, she mentioned one that went back to being a man again. And Dream says, um, Aristius of Marmora, yes, briefly, it was what he thought he wanted, but it did not last. And I was like, yeah, the crone would agree with you on that one. Yep, just like everybody. <laughs> um, so he said that he asked Eve what happens to the ravens in the end and she doesn't she won't tell him and he doesn't even know if she knows and Dream's like yeah well you know talk to you later and just (laughs) like totally sends him off and he goes back and sees Eve and is all cranky and flies away and is like don't want to talk about it and then we go to I love her line like honestly men men (laughs) ravens um so Lux Bar, Lux yeah. Hand Bar, owned and maintained by Lucifer Morningstar, Esquire, That's right. Attorney at Law, XXLLC, MD, <laughs> the 15. Who's also the uh, piano player. The piano player. I yeah. love that Lyda is like, oh, he just wants to get in my pants and then shows up in this fucking getup. I mean, she ha- there's no way that Carla sees that... This guy is going to offer her a job at a bar in the middle of the night and she's going out in like a nightclub dress and still not believe her that this guy just wants to get in her pants. Carla, wake the fuck up. But (laughs) she's got this like amazing skin tight black tube dress and elbow gloves on. I think this guy is like Carla's cousin or something, right? So she probably tries to think the best of him when she can. Oh, is he? I didn't even realize they were related. I I think so. I think they're related, yeah. Yeah. Also, this is the guy that actually texts you want to come over for netflix and chill and you really did expect to come over for netflix and chill right oh that guy we all know that guy (laughs) you're like wait what (laughs) um 
Have you guys seen that video going around of when the she cat? really did come over to see to watch Netflix and chill? Yeah, and it's the, somebody <laughs> trying to give a cat a banana, and the cat's backing away, freaking out, like swatting at the banana, like get it away! What are you doing? It's pretty amazing and accurate. Um, so Eric is just flirting shamelessly and says something really gross about the fact that these uh, waitresses, um, uh, who wants to hear women talk all the time? And, and she's like, like um, what? what? And Hey, don't you go putting words into my mouth, little lady. Not just women, people. People talk all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm noting that like 80% of these bubbles are yours on these pages, dude. Yeah, right. Um. But yeah, there's no no better way to let a woman know you weren't being sexist than to say little lady. That's right. Yeah. That, that, that's no. the go-to. <laughs> it's it just absolves you. And um he's got files on Lida that he's reading out for our benefit to yep. uh get some some peeks into her history. You also called yourself the Fury, which I didn't realize was what she went by, so that's fun. Yeah, we get some really important backstory on her here. I really enjoy the fact that she called herself the Fury and her mother was the Fury. I'm like, does she have a Fury grandmother anywhere? Is Daniel oh, really a, a woman, daughter? Oh, woman is- Ooh. <laughs> Miles, did you fall Miles. asleep again? <laughs> yes. No. I had no. this really weird dream about wolves devouring me, <laughs> and also about me dropping my headphones. Oh, I was going to say, well, the fury has been with you. Mm. Um, yes, you. And also with you. <laughs> and also, with, oh my gosh, is that part of the religion of doom? Yes, I hope so. Doom. Um. So yeah, he's like, write your job description, tell, and then I'll sign it. Pick a salary, tell me what it is. I'll initial it. I'm like, shit, dude. Who the fuck does that? I just dudes who like- have no concept of what is appropriate or right or appealing to a woman who is not interested. So uh, MRA guys and a lot of rich douchebags. MRA guys think that that oh. kind of offer is what women want. That's what MRA guys believe, is that women are walking around hoping for an offer like that from some sleaze bag, and that we're all just going to take it, and that's just who we are. Well, and, and they also believe that if you don't, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yes, obviously. Um, but, yeah, so then we uh, jump over to, hey, what's up, Lucifer? And uh, this poor guy love, is just this. trying to be sweet to his girl who's got a birthday. <laughs> He's just trying to be nice and get him to play a thing. And Lucifer's a, being such a dick about it. It is a song I find entirely devoid of interest. The melody is trite, while the awkward paraphrases of lesser Elliot poems in the lyrics are grating in the extreme. I oh was God. so happy to see that because I fucking hate that song. And it was everywhere when I was a kid. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, composed it. What's that? You think Destruction composed it? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I don't know, like, um, Miles, you're more my age. Anton, you're a little younger, so I'm not sure if it was as much of a thing. But Cats, just everywhere. Everywhere. Oh my god, the Broadway? Yes. Yeah, I remember Cats being a thing, but I've never actually seen it. I haven't either. Because I was so saturated with it that I just couldn't be fucking bothered after a while. I did have a lot of friends who were super into show tunes and that kind of shit, so mm-hmm. I, I heard a lot of this stuff. Guys, I've seen Cats, and it's a mediocre show at best. 
which mm. I don't play with all over the place, plastered all throughout our childhood in the 90s. That's how I feel about fucking <laughs> night, um, Phantom of the Opera. For a second, I just thought you were, I, I thought you said you were plastered throughout your childhood. I was like, whoa, man, really? <laughs> I was plastered, man. This isn't Angela's I thought I was a cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Phantom of the Opera, man. Same thing. Everybody went on and on about it, and I finally saw it, and I was like, really? That was like the same two songs over and over mm. again. But that is neither here nor there. He is correct, however. Lucifer will not play the song, will not wish her a happy birthday, because her birthday is going to be anything but happy. However, I will play something that, uh, what is it? Something something appropriate appropriate enough. enough, considering how this evening will end for you both. And the poor dude walks away looking really shaken up. Pulling yeah. out his collar, like, uh, okay. And he starts playing Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat from Guys and Dolls, I yeah. think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she loves it. She's like, I love this song. Thank you so much. And he's like having a drink while she's trying to be sweet and thank you, but he's clearly like distracted and sweating and still nervous. I'm glad you love this song, honey, but the piano player is the devil. So yeah, so... You don't- You'll forgive me if I chug another one. <laughs> um, which is ironic because maybe if he hadn't been chugging them, he wouldn't have stood up in the boat later. Maybe Lucifer created this. Maybe this is oh. all his intention. Interesting. Um, so then Lyda freaks out. Yeah. And suddenly she, realizes there's something wrong at home. And she like jumps up. He's trying to get her to not leave, but quickly realizes that that's not the method that he should go with here. Listen, I'll just give you a ride home because he wants to be Mr. Man that's there for her. Except that her son has been fucking kidnapped and this is not the place that he wants to be right now. Um, And her babysitter is asleep on the floor. Knocked out with sleepy gas. Her babysitter, who we've met before, as it turns out. Yes. Um... But we will get to her later because we don't find out who she is for a bit here. I was that's like, right. I thought it was Carla because she's the one that's in the room right away when they're talking to the cops. Um, but it is not. And so- we also get like the first in, uh, picture here of the fact that Hippolyta actually is crazy fucking strong. Like it's really easy to forget that she was a fucking superhero. Yes. But she just bashes. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's down her door when she can't get in. Um, oh, and. and- I also want to mention here that the little background news thing is telling us about poor Harvey who stood up and tipped over the boat and now he's dead. 
And uh, Harvey had a girlfriend that was way too hot for him. So I guess nature has a way of evening things out. Um, what's that? Or way too young. She looks really young. She does look young. But then again, nature does not have a way of evening things out. Because how do you explain it? Um, Donald Trump and Melania, other than money. How do you explain Donald Trump and blank, blank, blank? You could literally put anything there. I mean, that's second half of that. Or sentence. just stop before the end. Just stop after the Can word you explain Trump. Explain Donald Trump. Um, and I love that first illustration of Lyda looking like completely stunned and in shock. Yeah, it's so striking. It's it's a very different art style than we've seen. It's yeah, it, you know, you the whole thing stuck? is different. What? What did you guys think about the artist for this entire volume? Because um, it's the same artist all throughout. Not then. It's uh, sorry, spoilers. <laughs> Um, I liked it personally. I, I, like I said, it grew on me. It's uh, it's this Disraeli guy, right? Mm-hmm. He's the guy doing the or, or she. I actually don't know if it's a male or I female. I should stop girl. assuming. I believe it's a huh? girl. I okay, believe it's well. a girl. Um, Fucking unintentional sexism on my part. Damn it! <laughs> it's insidious. Yeah. So Carla's, but uh, to, to answer your question, I really, it really did grow on me. And the more I read of the story, the less I was bothered by it. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I tend to be the kind of comic reader who prefers a more realistic, classical kind of style of artwork in my comics. Okay. So when I first started reading this, I was like, oh man, this is a step down. But uh, the more we, the more I read it, the more I got used to it, and the more I realized exactly how expressive it was allowing the artist to be, and I really started to appreciate it. Yeah, I think that's kind of what it is for me, is that it can feel really, um, I don't even want to say rushed or sketchy, like not sketchy as in it's not defined, but there's something in a lot of the between pains that feels extremely simple, and then you'll get to one that's just so high impact that the simplicity is actually what makes it high impact. Right, so, because we're focusing on the words. Yeah, it's So the just, pictures aren't distracting us. I thought it was really, really well done. I liked it a lot. Um, so this dude comes in, Lieutenant Luke Pinkerton, and I'm immediately like, who the fuck is this dude? <laughs> like, yes. this is clearly not anybody. And it's like flashing lights, red flag, red flag. Right? Run his, his partner, back, Gordy Fellows. I was like, felt. why is that extra E in your last name, sir? Why? <laughs> Why is that E there? Oh, wait, you're a Shakespearean character. That's right. Yeah, Gordy, fellows, Gordy. <laughs> Gordy. Um, he wants to know what happened. Do you have any idea of the person who could be responsible? And I, lo- I love the line where he's like, ma'am, can we talk to the child's father? Sure, you got a Ouija board with you? <laughs> <laughs> is there a need to be that way? Come on now. There was a guy at work today that I needed two signatures for something because it was addressed to him and his wife. And I'm like, I'm going to need the second signature, sir, because it's made out to both of you. And he's like, I can't get the second signature. Well, then. Yeah, just left it. And I was like, okay. Uh, And I just like started to move on and was like, well, and then like I was mid sentence with the next sentence. And he's just like, my wife died several weeks ago out of like. Oh. like cutting me off it was very very strange um understandable in that he clearly did not want to have to talk about it but people deal with death weird i'm just saying we, yeah. we all have our weird little thing about it there's um, uh there's also this line here we were talking earlier about like why didn't uh Lida realize instantly why there was sand in his bed mm-hmm. 
when uh, when one of the one of the quote unquote detectives says like, do you have any enemies? Is there anyone who's shown uh, any undue interest in your son? She says no, nobody real. Yeah. So she's totally just not even going there. That was a dream that never happened. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Um, and they mentioned that the um, babysitter lives right downstairs. They say that they're going to need to talk to her, but they're going to come back and do that and take another look around. Um, and Carla follows them outside, and she's like, so you're going to tell us when you find something? And he gives her his business card. Yeah. And it's like, well, give us a call as soon as you find something. And then they drive away. And then we go to uh, What's-His-Face, the, the drunken fairy, Chloricon, coming to visit oh, yeah. Nuala, shockingly. Finally. Um, but he makes a mistake and goes off the path. <laughs> and an idiot. orally idiot. gives birth to <laughs> the high heart. The, the wild the heart. The wild heart. Yeah, his nemesis. Uh, okay. That's... Amazing. <laughs> really That's creepy really- page. Like, cu- a couple of pages where it's like he sees this mirror, and there's a thing in it, and then there's a cat, and then he puts his hand up to his mouth, and a hoof comes out. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing with it, because it looks like it's Dream standing there, but it's not yeah. quite. It's like a version of Dream, but not really... And then the cat, like, the whole thing is just super weird. Um, and then when the, the thing has come out of his mouth and he's just, like, on the floor in a pool of blood. I actually brutal. think I actually think this page where it comes out of his mouth might have been the page that sold me on the artwork. Ah. Because even though it's not classically, like, detail-oriented, and even though in this case there's no words, it's just so good. Like, mm-hmm. you see the fucking, like, and of the course... Panel- Sorry, go ahead. I was just, I mean, like, you know, you don't see the blood when the stag is coming out, but when you see him bleeding later, you're like, well, yeah, duh. Of course, mm-hmm. there's fucking blood. There's a lot of blood. <laughs> yeah, and and the panels are so evenly distributed. It's, it's There's a beauty and a symmetry, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very real, very uh, uh, good sense of motion. And uh, the final p- picture of the stag's head and the, like, breath is just so stunningly beautiful. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it looks like... I want this to have been in a Hannibal episode. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, this is Hannibal all over. Like, it is amusing me no end how many photos from Hannibal Owen has been using on his Facebook lately because he's finally started to catch up and he's just as obsessed with the show as I am now. Oh. It's so good. Gotta watch it. Um, um, so, so, yeah, then- Nuala is like, what the f- fuck did you fucking do she's so mad at him i love it because she's usually so retiring and meek and this yeah. is the first time that we really see her like get in his face and be like you idiot you could have gotten in so much goddamn trouble oh my god i what you know better than what do you ah and she brings him to her room which is made to look like fairy which is adorable yeah and um he's talking about bringing her back and how all the men loved her, you know, not like now, but you know, when you have your glamour on, when you look good. Right. And it's like, you piece of shit. What a dick. Uh, I told you, gay pickup artist. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my god, dear sister, I get to bring you home. You, that's what you've always wanted, right? <laughs> yeah. She looks so Where miserable. all your pretty dresses are, and you're, you can have your makeup again, and it'll just be so awesome. It'll be so beautiful as long as you're not yourself. 
Yeah, right. exactly. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, then he's like, well, let's go and ask Dream if you can leave. Because she's like, he's not going to want me to leave. I'm his present. Right. And, uh, yeah, we see how that goes later. Um, so back in the waking world, um, Lyda is flipping out. She had a dream and she woke up screaming and Carla has run to comfort her. And the dream was that there were voices coming from the basement and she goes down there and there are the fates and they're adding things to a pot. And she says something about, um, uh, too pr- I love the crone. Too proud to have a daughter, huh? Had to have a <laughs> yeah. son. I loved that so much. Um, I like how they address her as granddaughter. Yes. Mm. And I'll thank you not to use that tone of voice with us, young lady. Young lady? Me? Jesus. Like, how old are you, bimbo? <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Girl, don't get on Britney's case, okay? <laughs> you may right. look 26, but she's not, she's not a day old since I don't know, 750,000 BC. All right. Can we I mean, discuss briefly where the word bimbo comes from? Does anybody know? No, do Certainly you? Certainly not I. I have no idea, and it's such a strange word that I just, like, slut I know comes from slattern, and it was originally meant to be, like, you look unkempt, it wasn't even anything sexual. Mm. But bimbo, I have no clue where the fuck that comes from. It's I so think strange. I bambino when I hear it, which is like the Italian word for, for like child, boy, for boy child. Yeah, but it was so weird, like moving to America where this is a thing, and I'm just like, what? Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's bimbo, like you're like like child minded or something. That's well, I mean, uh, according to the internet, um, it actually is. Uh, a a variant of the Italian bambino. Okay, that makes um, sense because it did yeah. sort of sound Italian-ish to me, but I was like, uh, um, all right, cool. So and originally referring to a man, interestingly, oh, so little boy, yeah. So that's yeah. so weird. I mean, it's kind of like how we um uh, we refer to slutty men back in the day. We, re- we used to refer to them as a rake, which I mean, really a rake. <laughs> Oh, Rake. Um, Oh, linguistics. So she's asking all these dumb questions and wastes her three questions. Particular favorite of mine. Are you going to hurt me? Hurt you? Of course we're going to hurt you. Everybody gets hurt. Although, to be fair, usually they're like, you have three questions, right? She didn't even do that here. They didn't even do that. She just couldn't hurt. They're like, troll-a-la-la-lol. It's so (laughs) mean. Um... And they tell her that they're gonna that that she's already met the kidnappers and they're gonna put Daniel on the fire. I especially love too her continuing to ask, and Crone just says, "Not talking to you anymore." Oh my yeah. god, really? I know she's they were like, "You're the done." Bye bye. Bye. Um. So and then uh, here have a pork pie. It's covered in mud. Everyone's got to eat a peck of dirt before they die. Oh, okay. And, and we find out they're they're, they're going to show up again twice more to help her. Yes. Um, and she gets, what does she get? A couple more questions again, right? Doesn't she get like three questions each time they show up or one more question each time? I'm not, have we met? I, uh, I don't know. I feel like they say that. Where is it? Have you read the whole uh, Kindly Ones no, already? Because I only no. read the first. Because I, I don't feel like they show up again. Um, yes. Okay. I mean. Well, we definitely not the first five. 
Yeah, well, but I we, was saying that I thought it was in the dialogue somewhere, um, but I do not see it. Oh well, they're uh, from her, basically. Typi- yeah. Typical, typical fake God. <laughs> right. So they tell her to pop her in the pot and see what she's made of, and that's when she screams and wakes up. And uh, she's having coffee with Carla, telling her the dream. And she says that the two dudes who are on the case seem like jerks, accurate. Yeah. And then she says, um, they said that they'd come and see me again, and they said Daniel was on fire. And to tell you the truth, I don't know which scares me more. Which is a very smart feeling to have, because yep. honestly. <laughs> um, so back in the dreaming, uh, I keep wanting to call him Algernon. I don't know why. Chloricon. Chloricon. Chloricon and Nuala run into a rabbit and a woman. And I'm like, I feel that, is this the March Hare and Alice on a date? Is it? I mean, it could, it could very well be. Oh man! You know, like I mean, it's I mean, it's thing. or maybe not. Maybe not the march here. Maybe it's the the rabbit. Oh, true. Yeah. Um. Well, in any case, he has a pretty great font for his dialogue. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> finally, uh, Clericon just decides to demand audience with dream and i love when he's screaming we desire audience and that la- and he's like got this like smart that self-important smile hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With his fucking eyes half closed and his nose yeah. in the air. He's listing off all his titles. Yeah. Oh okay. Sit the fuck down, Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> and poor Nuala. Dream just basically is like, well, how does Nuala feel about this? I mean... If she wants to go, all right. I mean, that's fine. Here. And then he touches her gem around her neck and says, anytime you want to call me, just do that. And you, I will grant you one boon, which obviously shocks her. She's like really touched that he did that because I don't think she expected anything. But she's super sad. Well, she sad. did expect him to like try harder to keep her. Well, that's what I was going to say. She did expect for him to give a shit if she left. I think he does give a shit, but we know Dream never, ever shows that shit. I mean, so. she's like totally fallen for him. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, okay, so are you guys familiar with the term senpai and the meme notice me senpai? Or when will <laughs> senpai notice me? No. Okay, so in, in Japanese culture, senpai is what you call, like, an older peer. So, like, if you're in high school, like, a senior, and you're, like, a, a sophomore or a freshman. And notice me, senpai, it's, like, a overused trope in a lot of anime where it's, like, the girl is girl is boy crazy over a guy that just doesn't notice her. So she does all these ridiculously ridiculous things. Like, I don't know, shoot up the school. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I feel that Noala is totally, like, in notice me, senpai mode around dream she's like notice me lord shaper notice me i felt so bad because it was like 
if she she says earlier when Matthew's like, why do you clean the throne room? Is this what he told you to do? And she's like, he doesn't ask anything of me, but I need to do something. Yeah. And that's what I find so sad about her is how neglected she is. Nobody like I think that he feels like he might be being kind to her by not ordering her around or making her into a servant, but just not giving her anything to do or any sense of identity surrounding her existence is fucking heart shattering. This poor thing. I mean, obviously, in fairy, all her purpose was was apparently to drive men crazy and, you know, make them do insane things in order to get her to notice them. Um, but now without that, she's hollow and nobody seems to care. And it's just the saddest fucking thing. It, is. it really, and it, it really it's is. Also a failure to communicate on dreams. And, but Hey, it's dreams. They're never very, um, they're never really effective communicators. And, yeah, and like she goes back later and she talks to Mab and Mab doesn't give a shit either. Mab just wants mm-hmm. to know if Dream talked about her. It's like, man, just this guy and right? man, this guy and chicks, man, they just like him. It's, yeah, I mean, even Mab is all like, no, it is me, Lord Shame. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I just really, this Did he actually... talk about me? Did he give you a message for me? No? Oh. Very um, I felt like this, she actually is a really good representation of what it's like to either, like, just, just get older as a woman, and if you've been basing your whole identity around how you look and attracting a mate... Once you have either accomplished that and you have gotten married or you, like in my case, start to put weight on or you just start to get older and your looks fade, then what are you now? Because it is so easy as a young girl to fall into the trap of everything circling around what you look like. Mm. And if if that's all you focus on and all that you base your worth on, when that starts to go, it is like completely shattering i have i have a hard time with it and i feel like i wasn't even as attached to my looks as some people are and i just can't imagine for like celebrities and things that get you know picked apart on um tv and in magazines and stuff or young young girls who are started to be picked apart at a super young age like miley cyrus i mean she was what like 14 when yep. she was starting to get super famous. Um, yep. And then, you know, you start to get older. You don't have that, like, super innocent look anymore. And you decide, like, I'm going to start to do my own thing. And everybody jumps down your fucking throat. It's just a really strange thing to go through. And I can't imagine doing something like that under the public eye. Yeah. Well, I mean, even even when it's not... Even when the public eye is on you. I mean, I know somebody who... Um, has for for a few years now has been reacting um very kind of in denial about being in her 50s and 60s mm-hmm. you know she was very she was beautiful when she was younger and um you know just all the stuff she's doing to try and still be attractive and you know she she doesn't look like she's in her 60s at mm-hmm. all you know what i mean so yeah it's just a shame because if we didn't focus so much on that to begin with, I feel like it wouldn't be so heartbreaking for people as they start to get older because they would see that they have more substance than that. But No, it wouldn't be at all. It's but- just such a thing to focus on. No matter what a woman has accomplished otherwise, that's always what people remember is what she well, looked like. And that has to be 
going back to the the material here, that has to be the reason that Nuala is in love with Dream, right? Is that he doesn't give a shit what she looks like. In fact, he actively told her, be yourself. Like, I don't want you to disguise yourself here. That's true. You know? Um, so. Yeah, so anyway, her whole thing just, like, made me super sad, and I really hope that something decent happens for her. But that never does seem to be the thing. Um, but it probably won't. But it probably won't. So then we go to fucking Loki. Fucking Loki and Robin Goodfellow. Oh, the, ultimate, the ultimate tag team. These it two. Is. They're like the Loki and Doctor Doom of Marvel. I mean, <laughs> Loki and Doctor Doom are the Marvel version of Vertigo Loki and Vertigo Robin Goodfellow. Oh, um, man. Now you're confusing the hell out of me. Sorry, no, never just, mind. No, 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 it's fine. I'm just I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, the, these two are a hell of a pair, man. I'm, I had I didn't remember any of this. Like when I was reading this, it was very much like I was reading it for the first time, just because I don't really remember any of this from originally. And when I, I I had a feeling that Loki, you know, as soon as he started talking, you know, you know, it's Loki. And then when you find out that Puck is there too, it's like, oh shit, these two can't be working together. This is going to be so bad. <laughs> um, so hey, he tells this amazing story about how he convinced Thor that he was <laughs> impotent because he was pregnant. So good. Oh my god! Which is yeah. honestly genius. Like, of course you're pregnant, so you don't. You, your body's not going to let you try and get pregnant anymore because you're already pregnant. It's like ovulation or something. It's right, such right, a, right. like it's kind of genius. Um, and he could disguise himself as a doctor and shoved a cork up his ass and told him <laughs> he couldn't remove it for like eight days and that he would have some pain because that's common during pregnancy. Went and go sl- went to go sleep with Thor's wife. Fucked his wife, and then. This fucking squirrel sneaks in, pulls the cork out, gets covered in eight days worth of shit, and Thor turns around and sees this fucking squirrel and thinks that it's his baby. (laughs) And picks him up and says, you're hairy and you're covered in shit, but you're mine and I love you. Oh my god. I love the brief delay where, like, Puck is looking at him, kind of, like, (laughs) side-eye. And then just, like, breaks out hysterically laughing. Oh, my God. So good. That whole, like, I made me love Thor, even (laughs) though he's awful. But that was just so precious. I just imagined him cuddling this shit-covered squirrel. I ate your chocolate squirrel. Made me think of (laughs) Anchorman. Um, Okay, so then comes in Daniel. And he's got a phoenix feather. And they put him in the fire. And I'm like, okay, so he's clearly going to come back, right? Like, well, I, do the, they well, the, know the, that? Only if, he's, only if he's a Gryffindor, right? <laughs> right. This was just so, like, they don't seem to know that it's a phoenix. Like, he says it looks like a phoenix feather, but they neither of them seem very concerned about it. Yeah. Which I found surprising. I figured they would know what that meant. Um. I don't know. Well, we have no idea at this point what they're actually doing. Yeah, so. I guess that's true. But it was just weird because they're like, oh, what has he got? Oh, it looks like a phoenix feather. Like, you just picked that up anywhere. Yeah, and then flying around. We'll just throw him on the fire with it. No bigs. Like, it doesn't even enter their head. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just feel like somebody had to have pulled him aside and been like, hey, take this feather, dude, because you're going to need it. 
And he's also got a silver cord tied around his wrist, which... Uh, oh, yeah. I was looking at that, and I couldn't figure out what that was. So I, I be- I'm trying to remember, because I used to know more about this, but I believe the silver cord deal is like... When mystics supposedly are traveling, like on an astral plane or something, like yes, leaving, they, the- they need the silver cord to be tethered to their physical body. Yeah, they leave their physical mm. bodies, and they need the sil- silver cord to come back. And if it it's breaks, like then yeah, if it breaks, and they're fucked. So I honestly don't think between those two things, I don't think they're actually trying to kill him. I think they're trying to do something else. Okay. Um, I leave like a ransom note in the dreaming. Hey, we have your sorta kid. We don't know <laughs> sorta kid. We have my something. name is Daniel Sorta Kid. <laughs> um, we have your something, and if you want it back, come meet us somewhere. Yep. So they put him on the fire, and then we go to Hob. Who is? Oh, I'm sorry, Disraeli is the inker of this, not the artist. It's drawn, drawn by. by- Drawn by Mark Hempel, yeah, okay. Either way, good job, Mark. Hempel. Oh yeah, good shit, dude. And and the inking is also phenomenal. Let's let's. Anyone who's seen uh, Chasing Amy knows how important the inker's job is. So. Never yep. saw it. Oh really? It's a great mm-hmm. movie. Good movie. Probably probably the best the probably the the best dramatic film Kevin Smith ever made. Um. So he's come to say goodbye to Audrey. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. His name is Audrey. Girlfriend and or wife or something, and it's Hob. She apparently got hit crossing the street by a car, um, and he is just heart wrenchingly sad over this. Yeah, and is saying that he can't remember what she smells like. It's only been a few days, and he's already forgotten that. And just that, no matter how many times that he has been through this, it's just as hard every time that you just it's don't get not used to getting it. easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, this made me think of the witches in Golden Compass. And mm-hmm. all of the men that they love, and they're fierce and beautiful, and then they die, and our hearts break a little bit more. And their sons as well. Yep. It's just like, oh, kills me every time, that whole monologue. Um, and he leaves the cemetery and runs into Dream. And Dream is being weird. Um, he's yeah, like, I he wanted is. to talk to you. They go sit down and have a drink. He tries to order dark mead, and Hobbs like, Yeah, no, you're having a scotch. <laughs> um, and we get this weird interlude where we get little glimpses of the other endless except death. Yes. Um, we have Destiny who sees himself. He's leaving a trail of ghost books. Yeah. I'm like, Is this a Lego game? What's happening? <laughs> and um, and then it's a game he plays with himself. Right. And then he turns and sees himself and he's like, it was no surprise because it was written in his book that he would see himself. But still, it gave him a chill to see him there. I like that. Yeah. And then Desire takes her sigil out of the uh, whatever holder. Closes off its gallery. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the (laughs) threshold's eyes close. And I like Desire's that de- I like just that walking detail. around in the dark alone. Yeah. I'll, I love the detail of the threshold's eyes closing. That's just so cool. And Despair is... Um, Notice the heart that, that had gone missing in her gallery. She sits down and uh, rats run over her body, nipping at her to attract her attention. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is... That is <laughs> a very... Dis- 
Oh my goodness, that is an. She agon- does not look happy, but I guess she is despair. Oh, is that Hob in the mirror behind her? I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, I didn't totally. even realize that. She was watching on. She was watching on him, and then I yeah, guess it makes sense. On the top end is, I, I guess, his hair is falling off. The guy with the comb and the glasses. Oh, okay. And there's He's the one bear. squeezing a pimple. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of amusing. Um, I love the... It was then that delirium... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Noticed that she had absentmindedly transformed into 111 perfect tiny multicolored fish. Each fish sang a different song. I would love to see this. Like... A cartoon of her just suddenly and all of these different fish singing. I would enjoy that there deeply. Is, is I love how she just noticed it. Like, oh, whoa, shit, I'm fish. <laughs> uh, oh, we're singing. We are singing. Ah, uh, we are singing. Um, they kind of uh, harped onto this. And it's not really in the main storyline, so it's not a plot. It's not a spoiler. But uh, Mouse, do you remember Little Endless? It was like a one-off one-shot. Ah, yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, in Little Endless, it's, the Delirium does this a lot. And it's funny because she's actually the one narrating Little Endless. And so sometimes we'll have interludes of her all, like, multicolored fish form. And then on the, in the middle of the entire page, it says, Um, twinkle is a nice word. That's right. It, yeah. So's, so's Viridian. Um, Anyway, so she puts herself back together and thinks how great it would be to have a dog. And she's like, oh, wait, I had one, didn't he? Where'd that thing go? Yeah, where'd he go? I want to know, too. Maybe Um, you'll find out. So we go back to Hob and Dream. uh, (laughs) I love how Dream is, like, absentmindedly playing with a little miniature Corinthian skull. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, And I forgot that the last time that he spoke to Hob was in a dream and was doing his uh, dramatic goodbye because he thought he was going to die or something. Right. And um and Hobbs asking him like can you make her come back to life? Can you do anything? Like you could do so many things and he says, "Well, I could make you dream of her every night, but I don't think you'd thank me for that." And he's like, yeah. "No." And um maybe and, you could track down the bastard that was driving the van and he's like, nah, nah, "Revenge really ain't the best idea, man. It has consequences." And he says, you know, maybe not revenge. I just want him to know who he killed, what she meant to me, why she was a good person, why she made me happy when she smiled. And Dream has this very dark look when he says that and stands up. uh, Very well, it is done. I should not have come here. And he just leaves. Like, he doesn't give any explanation or anything. And Hob chases him out into the snow and is like, listen, uh... I've learned that there's like a smell of death around people who are about to die. You sniff it on somebody and two weeks later he gets his throat cut in an alley. You stink of it. 
you need to take care of yourself. Like, just be careful, bruh, basically. Like, watch your back. And uh, Dream looks a little bit irritated at first, but then he sort of smiles and says, thank you, Hob, I shall. Um, but yeah, I'm wondering why Dream acted all weird right there. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, all right. I do. You I do. do. But Shut up. Yeah. And then Hippolyta is losing it. Yep. Like, yep. losing it, losing it. I enjoy her, like, these sort of train of thought, um, stream of consciousness is what they say, with no, like, punctuation, really, except for periods here and there. Mm-hmm. The faces of all the people behind her giving her looks like, oh, shit, there's a lady who's not doing too well. Yep. Um, the People magazine that says three most powerful women, and it's clearly the Mother Maiden Crone on the cover. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, and I love how the art starts to like kind of deteriorate and get even more trippy. Yes. You know, like when she snaps the guy's uh, hand or arm. Oh, yeah. Kind of, like, and yeah, it's oh. very indistinct. It's like just silhouettes at that point. Well, and the great thing about her narration here is that she is like, you can tell what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Like when she gets when she when she breaks his arm, like you can see her breaking his arm, but she says I, it's very obvious what actually happened during this scene with Eric, who's a fucking creep. Mm-hmm. But the the dial or the, the the internal monologue is she touches my neck and I don't want him touching my neck. So I move his arm away and there's a crunching noise and he starts saying I've broken his arm bone and he winds up going off in an ambulance. <laughs> Surprise, Eric! And then she has the fight, the fight with, with Carla, who looks up Carla amazing. Looks, yeah, I love this so much, and it shows her like looking like she's gonna fight her like a fucking demon. But then the next panel, she's running away crying. Yeah. So I just love those two back to back like that so much. And then she starts to just look like a like a uh, chalk drawing on a chalkboard, um, like slowly me. falling apart. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That's that again. It's like. I don't usually go for this sort of minimalistic, you know, kind of, you know, experimental style of comic book drawing. But here it just really works for me. And I think partially it's because of what Sandman is and the content that's involved. Yeah, I don't feel like if it wasn't the kind of dreamscape thing that they go for all the time that this would be as applicable. But it really works here. And I like, too, that she's um, the finally after night that lasts forever. I watch the purple darkness fade into twilight and... The first one, it looks like a normal building, but then the second pane, the window is just a little bit, like, off mm-hmm. on the side of the building. Like, everything is just kind of, eh, not right. Um, and finally, the two assholes show up at her door and are like, hey, we found a photo of your son's body and it's not too great and maybe you don't want to see it. And she looks at it, and her eyes go like all Corinthiany. <laughs> they just look like a bunch of teeth zeroing well, this, in on her iris right there. Uh, yeah. Well, on this whole page, oh, I—that's true. I didn't even notice that. That's great. Um, but this whole page is just her eyes staring through the crack in the door, panel yeah. after panel. And then she sees this horrible picture that they have of a charred baby corpse, and she's just like, "I see." And then. Uh, I'd like to leave you both now, please. And she just slams the door. Boom! Bye. And completely flips her shit. She remembers Dream. She remembers being preggers for a really long time. And him saying that I will come back for my child. And then she gets crazy face. 
You know exactly oh, I what I must do. Face. Holy oh. shit. She's terrifying. She's, she's officially she dead. She buys Aaron before she thr- tries to throw Sansa off the moon door face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, and there's this weird line where, it's, you know, she's hearing the voices in her head, right? And, you know, I have to be strong. And in my head, a voice says, yes, dear, you must. And in my head, another voice is muttering, oh, that I were a man or that I had power to execute my apprehended wishes. I would whip some with scorpions. Oh, what is that? I don't know, but it's awesome. <laughs> I was like, is that a quote from something? Is that just no, her? I just, I'm thinking of the interlude from uh, uh, the Niggas in Paris song by Jay-Z and Kanye. Where they're like, what, what does that even mean? I don't know, man, but it sounds awesome. And get the crowd going. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, I don't know. It's like she feels so powerless. You know, she's For a second, she's like, oh, if only I were male, where I'd have more power. And then she's like, uh, if only I had power, period. Like, the power to make things happen the way I wanted them to happen. And then she goes into, like, whipping people with scorpions. Like, okay, Fury's back. You know? Yay! Um, okay, so then we go back to Lux. Mm-hmm. Guess who yes. this is a great. This is a great scene. Uh, and feet touching the ground. We're... <laughs> feeling ever oh i didn't even think about that um remiel 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 okay uh so yeah he's gonna go see lucifer and he's all like hey what's up (laughs) not not any particular reason just checking in you know just passing by and just slide say hi whatever um so and Lucifer's like, yeah, oh, I didn't, I figured you weren't, you know, going to ask if I ever wanted to come back or anything, right? Like, you, that's not why you're here. And he's like, um, I mean, you know, have you ever, like, thought, thought about it, though? <laughs> <laughs> Lucifer's like, yeah, I don't think so, but thanks, though. Um, and he's just he's so dismissive. I love it. He, he, he totally calls instantly what the relationship is right now between Remiel and Duma. Yep. You know, he's like, yeah, he's probably getting really the fuck on your nerve, isn't he? Not talking, just twirling that key around. The key that he probably took, because he was always the one of you with balls. And and he's, uh, the line where he's like, where, you know, Remiel is like all waxing philosophic about the work he's doing. Oh, the flames of hell must be seen as refining fires, in my opinion. Yeah, of course they must. And what an exciting and innovative opinion yours must be. <laughs> I like how Lucifer calls Remiel out. He even says, I've never liked you when I was still, you know, light of the morning, highest angel, etc. You, you, like, you know, you, you were on the, you weren't really on the opposing side, but you weren't on my side because you were, like, an opportunist. So yeah, he's well, like, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, so I'm not an idiot, you dumbass. Even if I had one, you probably would have been like, oh, I was secretly rooting for you. Yeah. yeah absolutely. You would have said that you were, you know, believed in my ideals and everything, but blank, blank, blank. Um, and fucking Remiel spits in his face. <laughs> not cool, bro. Not cool. Yeah, and not he's like, so mode. I'm going to totally let that slide, but I could literally wipe you off the face of everything. Yeah, not I'm just not Earth. Go- I'm not going to because it would have consequences that I don't want to deal with. But just so you know, <laughs> if I was prepared to deal with those, you'd be done. 
And he go, Romeo goes back to Duma, who's just chilling naked like you do. <laughs> like you do. With his key around his neck. And, oh, my uh, God. I want you to paint me. It really looks like... Only the neck. Only the key. There's just something so... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Insolent, I think. About the way that he just lays there not saying shit, not participating with the key around his neck, just like okay. letting Remiel drive himself insane, basically. There's a Jay and Silent Bob. Think about it. Hmm. Oh my so. god. Like Silent Bob can drive Remiel insane, and Remiel is Jay. Wow, two Kevin Smith references in one episode. How often does that happen? I think I'm going to have to fire both of you. <laughs> Sorry, guys, but it was nice knowing you. And all never right, again. Peace. Bye. Um. <laughs> um, all right, so then we go to the crazy journey that is Lyda going insane. Oh, we, we, I should I mention real quick, though, that uh, the reason Remiel went there is to talk about Dream for some reason, and he didn't even get the chance to. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he was too much of a dick. Well, I don't even feel like, I mean, maybe he was too much of a dick, but frankly, Remiel was also a giant baby. I was so. talking about Remiel, not, not Lucifer. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> then we are on the same page. Yeah. Um, so now. Yeah. So this is the best thing. And this is when the art gets super insane. I love this so fucking much. Oh my god, I can't even deal with it. Um, so she's talking to a woman who's going to rescue her boyfriend from something, a tower. And it's all very classical story. Um, yeah. Girl, question. What's that? They're all like they're, they're the they're the archetypes. They're the quest archetypes. Yeah, yes. and the little like the brass fish that will sing his guards to sleep. A ladder that grows out of an acorn if I water it with my own tears. A comb that will turn into a forest. I love all of this so much. And uh, here, take this coin. It could bring you good luck. And then the art switches back to waking, and there's a woman walking away from her, and she's like on the side of the street, obviously looking like a beggar yep um this oh my god this section of this issue was so beautiful and stunning just the switching back and forth and the i pace. really love it yeah like i said action packed right this mm-hmm. is the, this is the blockbuster story arc of this series so far so she comes across this cyclops who <laughs> it turns out is a traffic light <laughs> that's right is the, the best he's a cyclops a C-clops? No, she's a she-clops. Oh, a she-clops. Oh, nice. I like it. Why's it gotta be history? Why can't it be her story? (laughs) Because that's lame. Because I hate it. (laughs) She says she's under an enchantment. Have to wait here until the seventh son of the seventh son comes by, carrying a white rose and a golden whistle. Oh, Oh my god. I like that she calls her her duckling, too. I can't, my duckling. Oh, my god. And then she sees It's all, it's all very, like, classical fairy tale language, like my duckling. And I think the, the previous woman actually used the word zounds, which made me so happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like the next page that has Bast on it is the background is all the city with the panes of her, like, fantasy world over it. Mm. Um, I just think that looks amazing. And... Yeah, she says that she's seeking revenge. Um, oh, where would you be a seeking of it? Um, and 
everybody keeps on being like, hey, don't call them the furies. They really fucking That's hate right. that. Just don't. Okay, just don't do it. Call them the kind ladies. They like that one. And she's like, but they're really the uh-uh. Don't say it. Old. <laughs> um. And she says, uh, I'm on my way to that castle. It's owned by a shape-changing ogre. I intend to wager the silver collar around my neck. The ogre cannot change itself into three things that I shall name for it. Will the third shape be a mouse? Of course. Of course. But don't they ever learn? They can't. They're part of the story, just as I am. Yeah. And then it comes back to life, and I am very tired. And she's looking haggard as fuck, and there are flies flying off her, and she's filthy. I mean, so she, like, basically hasn't thing. left her house in forever. So, um, anyway. But she, the next uh, scene opens up, and I was super confused because I thought it was her having sex. But then I was like, no, she's got red hair, so that's not her. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that it was Rachel, what is her name? Rose. Rose. Rose Walker. And she had fallen asleep, and fucking uh, Abel fucking is indeed. watching fucking- her. From the top of a uh, wardrobe, eating popcorn. I love that there's fucking popcorn there. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. And he's like, uh, mm, because uh, I'm not really here. And she's like, oh my fucking God, you were watching. And then she wakes up. And it's Carla. And uh, it turns out Rose was the babysitter. Rose, you ain't getting away from weird shit. Never nope. happening. Um, And... They don't Carla, know where Lyda is. Yeah, Carla's like, have you seen Lyda? I don't know what's... I left and then I thought about it and was like, her fucking son got abducted. Of course she's acting crazy and I felt like a dick, so I came back. And um, they have no idea where she is. And she decides that she's uh, going to... Wait. Oh, yeah. She decides that she's going to call them and the two cops and she pulls the card out of her purse and there is nothing on it and she's like what the fuck if she thinks that it must be a mistake or something but she's getting more and more suspicious about the whole thing um yeah i carla is just such an awesome person like the mm-hmm. best friend in the world and given what happens later it just makes me cry it's so sad yeah um so lida looking more and more corpse like at this point uh, wanders in, and I thought that this was going to be Zelda and Hazel. Chantal. Oh, is it Chantal? Oh, yeah, yeah Hazel's, Hazel's yeah. Uh, one of the lesbians that was living in the well, that was building with Barbie. of Barbie. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought this was them because they had the, you know, the veils over their faces and whatnot, but there's no spiders. And we found out in Rose's conversation with uh, Carla that she's got a terminally ill friend who we later find out is Zelda. Yes. Interesting. So I think that, that, pro- that probably comes right before this to remind you of, of the two of them. Um, Although we actually don't know it's Zelda until later. I was about to say, yeah, that wouldn't yeah. make sense because we don't know that yet. Anyway. Um, and they're talking about the fact that one of their sisters got beheaded and they really miss having a third sister and don't you want to be our sister? And they send Fucking her to this apple Perseus, tree. Man. Fucking Perseus. He's such yeah. a dick, right? Yeah. I, I love, they have all the statuary around. Oh my god, they're fucking crying statues, and she's like, these are lovely, and I'm like, they're really not. Oh my god, stop touching them. 
Oh god, I love the fact that the Gorgons, the other, the remaining Gorgon sisters, are having an existential crisis ever since Medusa was killed. Yeah, yeah, it's such it's a long great. time. <laughs> and we she goes to this months. fucking apple tree. Sorry, what? Sorry, I was saying my favorite part was when they're basically saying we were three once. It's so hard being two because two eventually becomes one, and you're all alone. Yeah, and then nothing at all. But three is awesome. Um. So the apple tree, yeah. Apple tree, yeah. And there's this three-headed, like, serpent thingy, dragon serpent. It's the, um, he's the Midgard, no, Gary, no, sorry, Garyon is, it's in, um, sorry, Greek mythology, Hercules had to defeat him for one of his tasks. That's right. He had to get an apple from this tree. Yes. He did? God, I yeah. don't even remember that part, and I used to it's, love that I think myth. the seventh or sixth labor, I forgot. It's... Wow, that's good, man. Um, yeah. I, I love the line, are you Satan? Uh, not bloody likely. <laughs> oh my god, this guy was be Ever since Christianity became a thing, I'm sure he's been so annoyed. Right. Yeah, like, fucking hell, I, you know what? You're not the only serpent guarding a tree, man. I just like the idea of him just being like, fine, take the fucking apples. Forget this. I'm fucking <laughs> done with this job. I'm sick of this shit. Um, I've been doing it longer than him, apple. Yeah. And, and they, keep, they basically warn her not to eat any. Yeah, they're like, so the more that you eat this and the longer you stay here, the more difficult it's going to be for you to leave. Just so you know, they really want another sister. Yeah. And she's like, whatevs, and she takes a bite, and then we see her eating rotten apples out of a dumpster with a iguana. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's not really a thing, guys, but okay. <laughs> they don't really just chill, like, out it, in the city. It's L.A. It's L.A., okay? It's L.A. Still, though. Still, oh. though. Okay, last Christmas in an, in an upscale loft in downtown Houston, and Liz can corroborate this, you can ask her in the next broadcast, they had a scare because the tenant, Pet Cobra, escaped and was running amok in one of the floors. But it was a Pet Cobra. So someone's Pet Iguana escaped, and this is L.A. <laughs> okay. I'm just yeah. Right, fine. It was a Pet Iguana that escaped. <laughs> It's like Paris Hilton's pet iguana. They got tired of the abuse. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. New South Park tomorrow. In, in, uh, <laughs> on the subject of South Park. Sorry. Um, so Dream is assembling his new Corinthian. He's got two tiny little skulls. And he's like, rub these two skulls together. <laughs> and I'm like, once all again, right, I guess. Once again, we see his little chest where Azazel and the lost city of... Uh, Baghdad are oh, so cool. I love that. Um, and then out with uh, with Merv and Abuda, who apparently yeah. just says "ayo" all the time. Ayo. Ayo. Um, they're talking about the uh, missing Nuala and the fact that, like, you know, she doesn't she wasn't like super important around here necessarily, but she was just sweet and she made things feel nice and. Less like a boys' club, and I miss her. And Merv's just being a dick about it. He's um, being a dude about it, that's for sure. He is. And he's like, broads, who needs them? Am I right? <laughs> and I love Matthew. Just like, stop being fucking stupid. Shut up. Um, yeah, Matthew has no time for this guy, and I kind of love it. I love Matthew the most. He's the yeah. best one. Uh, I'm, like, envious of Eve. I'm like, let me hang out with Matthew all the time. <laughs> um and he's in the middle, once again, of shit-talking dream, because he will literally never learn. 
and once again, Dream shows up right behind him. His fucking entrance is so dramatic. I love how he norm- he will just like pop up a lot of the time, but in this particular instance, you see him like floating behind him, really far away at first, and like slowly yeah. coming. Cl- it's just so dramatic. I love it so fucking much. Completeness um, is a virtue, is it not, Mervin? Oh my god. Poor Mervin with his little tiny cigarette hanging out of his non existent mouth. <laughs> um, and finally, Merv's like, Yeah, uh, I gotta go. But. And there's that great line that you quoted on uh, Facebook earlier, Anton, uh, which is the. Um, it's one of my best lines from this arc so far. So far. Uh, it has always been the prerogative of children and halfwits to point out that the emperor has no clothes, but the halfwit remains a halfwit, and the emperor remains an emperor. Hmm. Which I'm like, I mean, yes, but you're still an asshole emperor with no clothes. <laughs> so you know. But Alex Brown text uh, messaged me about it in response. He goes, "Yes, but wouldn't that basically?" mean that the Emperor should thank the Halfwit and then sue the Haberdasher that made him the fake clothes? I think that he <laughs> has a point. Yeah, well, Halfwit, you know, regardless of his insight, the Halfwit should probably take care that the Emperor doesn't have him beheaded. Okay. Well, I would rest in peace knowing I was right. But that's where my priorities <laughs> lie. Um, so, anyway, fucking Corinthian is back. Yep. And he seems much more low key. Get uh, <laughs> it? Can it? Yeah, I, do. See it? I do. I see it. <laughs> I hear it. <laughs> um, the worst. Um, but yeah, he uh, he definitely doesn't have the same recklessness or sort of. There was something very like celebutant about the old. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And uh, he doesn't seem to have that. Not yet, anyway. We'll see after his first few successes how that goes to his head or not. But, um, And then back to these two sisters talking about how she's slowly, maybe, turning into their sister after all. And she starts <laughs> to have snakes in her hair. They give her the glass of water and one of the snakes starts drinking it. I that was I was so confused. I'm I'm reading this like, wait, is that a fucking is that coming out of her mouth? I thought it might be like a, a half like a we were seeing from inside her mouth, like her tongue uh-huh. was a snake. Oh. You know? And I was like, wait, what? And then when I saw it was in her hair, I was like, Oh shit, this is fantastic. Um and they're, the Gorgons are like, no, it's great. You'll be something like you'll you'll be just like Medusa. You'll be one of us. It'll be awesome. Yeah, they don't understand what the problem is with this here. <laughs> um, and she's very determined that she's not going to be hanging out here. Sorry, guys. Um, and then Rose Walker's journal, uh, the things they don't teach you at school, and. How does she says I've got a friend who's dying from AIDS? How does that make me feel empty? That's all just empty. Rose is one of my favorite characters in this whole series. I just want to say that. Really? Every time she comes up, I just identify so much with her, and I I love her. I like her attitude toward people. I like that she's not a complete asshole, but she also doesn't take shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like earlier when when. She says, like, I feel some responsibility for falling asleep when Daniel was kidnapped. And Carla's like, 
it wasn't your fault, and she's like, I know, that's not what I said. Yeah. I feel some responsibility. It wasn't my fault. I don't know. I really just, I enjoy reading about Rose Walker a great deal. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I just never really got that much of a read off her. I don't feel anything towards her in particular, I have to admit. Um, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. But, anyway, so she's going to see Zelda. Um, who dying of AIDS. Oof, looks terrible. And she says that she's so horny she could scream, which cracks me up. Um, and just in general, it turns out that Rose is there not only to keep her company, but she's paying all her medical bills and everything. And mm-hmm. we had found out earlier that she, you know, has a ton of money in the family that she didn't know about up until we were meeting her. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Zelda never spoke before because she has a stutter mm-hmm. and that one time Rose finished one of her sentences and she started to cry and wouldn't talk again for an hour. So now she really like clamps down on that and doesn't do that, which I loved a lot. Um, she kind of wants Rose to sleep with her, but Rose is like, nope, draw the line. And she says something <laughs> unintelligible at yeah. one point and Rose is like, what? Nothing. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, but yeah, this whole little scene between the two of them, I really, really liked. It's and, a very uh, sweet scene. She changes out the flowers, puts new flowers in there, and um, then See, Zelda this is, this comes... This is one... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's okay. But this, this, this one part of Rose's internal monologue where she's talking about flowers, she's like... I don't like flowers, not really. I like growing them, but that's only because I like seeing them blossom and seeing them die. And then she like... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Stops herself. And just, why Rose Walker? How very existential of you. <laughs> I, I just, I love it. It's like, all right, cut it out, brain. You're, you're going a little bit over the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's something about that kind of, like, having that self-awareness sometimes which i'm not going to claim to always have but every now and then it'll pipe up and be like girl you need to stop taking yourself so goddamn serious because you sound stupid (laughs) i don't know she's really down to earth and she just knows what the score is i like her a lot um and zelda mentions that rose looks no older than she did in florida which earlier carla mentioned like she looks so young she figured she was still in school well, so, and back in Doll's house, she was 21, and she looked like she was 15 or something. Yeah, so something's going on with that. I don't know. I don't even remember if we found out what that was yet or not. But mm. maybe she's one of Hobbs' kids, and Hobbs' kids are, like, somewhat immortal or something. Maybe we'll figure it out when she goes back to get her heart from her grandmother. Maybe she'll start to age when she gets her heart back. That would suck. Oh, mm. no. No, 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 no. Let's not have that happen. Or she could be absorbed into the dreaming and live forevermore as a dream construct. <laughs> I don't know Same if I would like that. I don't want to be around up. Dream all the time. He seems well, like the worst. By the way... It. Go ahead, Mel. Go ahead, go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say she maybe wakes up 
in the dreaming, and then Merv Pumpkinhead is like, "Oh my God, girl, girl, girl." <laughs> what do we do? Um. So at this point, Zelda tells her, "Oh, BT Dubs, your grandmother has a message for you. Uh, my grandma's dead. Yeah, I know. She said that. She said she was dead." But whatever. You have to go back to where she lived, where she used to sleep. She says that you would know where she meant. And uh, she's got to give you back your heart. And that is the end of that. And what follows is possibly the best picture of Dream in this entire series. He looks like he is assembled out of knife blades. I love (laughs) this picture. Um, And the Corinthian is finding out his identity. And what his nature is. And uh, I really like when he first meets Matthew and he's like, you have beautiful eyes. And I'm like, you stay the fuck away from Matthew's eyes, you piece of shit. Don't you dare. Um, They have a great little discussion about how, well, ravens eat eyes too, you know. He's like, yeah, but those people are already dead. (laughs) So not as bad. He's like, whatever, it's my nature, get over it. Putting on my sunglasses now, hee hee. I find him endearing. At the moment, uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> you are waiting for him to turn. Yep. Um, and Dream gives him an errand to find a certain child and bring him here. And I'm like, maybe want to add a little caveat not to eat that child's eyes? Just throwing it out there. I mean, well, he's sending know. Matthew with him, too. So True. Um, so Nuala is back like in it. Fairy. And this is the worst because nobody cares. The, and fucking Titania asks her... At Mab. I think this is Mab. Or is it Titania? I think Mab and Titania are one and the same. Oh, okay. They might be. Um, But she is asking, did he ever speak of me? Did he give you any messages? She mentions the jewel and is like, oh, that's pretty. And then comes back at the end of the conversation. That really is pretty. If I were to ask you for it, what would you say? And Nuala says, I'd be forced to admit that it was a gift, milady, and not in my power to give, if, of course, you were to ask. And she knows Dream gave her that special and yep. gets pissy and jealous. This bores me. Farewell. Bitch, please. Sit the fuck <laughs> down. Um, Wait, no, you know what? That is, it, it is uh, Titania, because I think Mab had green skin when she was referred to as that. So maybe this incarnation of her is Titania? I don't know. I don't know. I figured that she was just like um, some of the other characters we've met that have like 12 names that they go yeah, by, it, you know? It could be, but it, it makes a little bit more sense to me now with thinking of her as Titania because of the little conversations that she and Dream were having in the Midsummer Night's Dream issue. Oh, okay. So, and she also like, God, I hate this shit. She's, is that your old face, dear? It seems, if you'll pardon my saying so, a little less glamorous than I remember. And you might look better with a few more curves. She's like clearly like, well, he couldn't really have liked you that much because you're really not that pretty and you don't have any tits, but you do have this fucking necklace. So I guess yeah. whatever. Fine. I'm leaving. Are you whatever? I'm still the queen of fairy. And then I one had hoped that her time in the dreaming might have taught her better manners. Oh, my God. Get the fuck over yourself, bitch. Sit down. So Nuala is up there super sad and lonely and this goddamn is it is this Puck? Because it looks like Puck. Uh, yeah, yeah so it it's, it's a Boggart, she oh, says. Oh, okay. But it looks like Puck, though. I feel like it's Puck as a Boggart. 
Like, the face looks so similar. Puck isn't in Fairy, though. He's in the waking world. He can't go back and forth? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Not not just, like, easy as that. Oh. The events of Midsummer Night's Dream, remember? Yeah, they had to, like, open a whole portal and shit for them. Oh, right, yeah. Made their giant migration. Yeah. I dreamed of kittens. Ooh, hello? 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 (laughs) Did you drop one now? Yes, that was me. (laughs) We are all dropping our um, I dreamed of kittens who were born to neutered puss. Can we never, ever say that again? Ever? Cool. Please, that's, ever? That would be a great band name. Then dreamed about a body buried in the corn. Be sure your sins will find you out. And she's just like, get the fuck away from me. And he's like, but I have three more verses and an envoy, and I must tell them to only you, lady. And she's like, I seriously cannot be bothered. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um. And she's looking at her little gem, and she's like, uh, I could call you, but then you'd bolt towards that bitch and kiss her hand and bow too deep and walk or minuet. How fitting that Lord Auberon is horned. Oh, snippity snap. And then, but I can call you. I can always call. So, all right then. Yep. Which is funny because, you know, she's, as soon as she actually does, she loses that feeling. You know, of of being able to call him whenever she wants to. Mm-hmm. So I wonder. Um, if she, I wonder if she ever will. I want her to because, but at the same time, I don't because Dream's the worst and she deserves better. <laughs> um, mind, she thinks that it's uh, "You've Got a Friend" by James Taylor. Aww. When she rubs that necklace, but in reality, it's not. Um. Okay, so. We go back to uh, Lida talking to these two sisters. I love this so much. There's a three-headed snake out in the garden. I don't think it trusts you two. It was rude. And the first sister, well, the next time we see it, we'll glare at it. (laughs) And the second sister (laughs) cut it dead. I just want to say that anytime. Well, the next time I see him, I will glare at him. That's going to be the thing that I say now. And it's going to be completely (laughs) meaningless. And it will make me so happy. Um. And she, for a minute, flickers back to reality and then goes back, where did you go? We were here. We're always here. We'll miss you. And that was so sad. Um, We give you gifts as you leave. We give you claws of brass. We give you the nimbic glimmering. What is that? Um, If you had stayed with us, we could have given you life until death. Don't I get that anyway? (laughs) (laughs) That's what we liked about you. You were so funny. And you see their faces and they look creepy as fuck. And there is a spider, by the way. Yes, there is now. Yeah. Um, and she kind of comes back to herself again. But we jump to Carla, who's gone to the police chief and is like, hey, here's these people. They said that they were going to help. And this guy's like, what do they look like? Yada, yada, yada. And never he, heard of him. He has no idea what she's talking about. She holds up the like blank card and is like, test this for fingerprints or something. And then she stops and is like, okay, I sound crazy. I'm going to go now. Cause I'm thinking to myself, you can't say that and hold it with your bare hands. Like obviously that shit, any fingerprints that were on that is gone now. Right. Um, even if it made sense outside of that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And she runs into the old man who's being brought in um, because we had, I forgot to mention this, but earlier, uh, what's her face? 
Lida had mentioned that the old man was the only person she knew of who had been really interested in her son, and she would say that to the, the cops. But I don't oh, know yeah. if this is related to that or not, or if he's just being brought in for being like a nuisance or pain. Probably just because, you know, fuck homeless people. Probably. That's about it. Um, and hey, Missy, your friend, the mean one, I've seen her. She got snakes in her hair. She's not alone <laughs> in her head anymore. Oh, dear. That's not what you want to hear. Nope. She has nope. snakes in her hair now. So she goes it's to Lida's apartment. What? I was going to say, and she's no longer alone in her head. Oh, Right? Um, so up in Lida's apartment, she finds the picture. It looks at first like a charred baby, but it's like it's got more clothing and stuff than the original charred baby picture we first saw. And then it starts to even lighten up more and get color back. And then all of a sudden, the picture comes alive and says Carla and then bursts into flames and burns her hand, <laughs> which is terrifying. That yep. sh- fucking scared the shitties out of me. I hated it. Carla. I'm like, oh, fuck you. No, stop it. Carla. I hate babies. <laughs> um, and Rose comes in and is like, what is that smell? And she's like, oh, it's just my flesh burning off of my bones. <laughs> no bigs. Um, Rose like patches her up and they have this conversation about weird stuff or weird shit. Sorry. Yes. Um. And she's like, yeah, I have to go and uh, grab a flight home to England because my dead grandma has to give me a message. So I'll see you <laughs> like later. Like I said, weird shit. And then Lyda, um runs into two other selves who look much more put together than she does, BT Dubs. Yep. Um, also don't have snakes in their hair. Do not have snakes hair. Uh, their t-shirts are not torn up. Their jeans are not filthy. And um, she says something about when Daniel was killed, it was like the mirror was broken. There were only two things I could have done. And one of them would have been just to lie down and never get up again. Because she's saying her whole life, she never really did anything that wasn't someone else's idea. It was just like she was watching a reflection of herself do things. Yeah. I loved that. That was such a cool, like, analogy to make. I agree. Um, And... Then, excuse me, but which one of us am I? <laughs> Does it matter? <laughs> and she comes back and she's standing in front of like this huge paned window. No, it doesn't matter. Um, so. So then. Carla and Loki. Pinkerton, as he claims to call himself. I hate him. And he's awful. And I want this to be fixed. But it can't be. Um. He's not Tom Hiddleston, that's for sure. <laughs> right? I couldn't even have forgiven Tom Hiddleston for this one. Um, and he's just talking all crazy talk. He stops her. He forces her into the car. Throw the keys in the back. Strap yourself in. Don't move until I say we're done. At and, fake gunpoint. Yeah, and he's got a fucking cigarette. Aren't I sly? It was a cigarette <laughs> all the time. Um, And... He basically uh, says what keeps people going is they just want to know how things end. And the tragedy about you is that you will never find out. And then he just blows up the car. And she dies. I am Loki Scarlet, Loki Skywalker, Loki Giant's Child, Loki Lysmith. I am Loki, who is fire and wit and hate. I hate Scarlet. That is the lamest thing. Scarlet, come on, really? 
Just leave that one out. Under an obligation to no one. Sorry, I wanted to finish the quote. <laughs> but I. But yeah, Scarlet is lame. I just <laughs> feel like you know the, uh, Khaleesi just... of his title because I don't think Khaleesi's the Khaleesi's the least interesting title of da- Danny for me. I think it's the most musical though, so I like that one. Calling yourself Scarlet, Scarlet like, it doesn't sound good in any sense. It's not I am Loki rough bunions, like you right, know, like, like <laughs> I am Loki of the many calluses. <laughs> I enjoy too the way that he's standing in both the right before he blows the car up and as it's burning, and he's just super dramatic there. And it reminded me of when Dream is saying goodbye to Lucien <laughs> and yeah, has his arm out right. with his fucking mask on. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, so that is it. That is the moment where we we end this one. Um, But we still managed to go on for an hour and a half. As we a lot happened, a lot happened. A lot does happen in this. We were actually fairly on task for this one too, so I'm proud of us. Yay! Um, I wanted to say hi. I have three new patrons since last time. Nice. So that's exciting because I wasn't having anybody for the longest time. And I was like, did people just forget about me or what's happening? But then I got three people. So that made me so happy. So Asbjorn Grinder Valhaj, who had been a patron, is back again. Hi, Asbjorn. And then Rachel Hughes, who I believe had also been a patron previous, is also back. So hello, Rachel. And then brand new Noel Chambers, um, who is brand new and sent me a very sweet note. And thank you so much, Noel. I don't know if you listen to this show or not, but welcome. And um, those of you who are new patrons or are going to be considering it, I'm doing two new things lately. I'm doing um, five-minute reviews via uh, video of Fear the Walking Dead, one per week. And those are actually, I'm, I'm only on episode two, but I'm really liking that show. A lot more than I thought I would, and Damn. yeah, I'm I'm a straight. I'm almost like, why? Where were these writers last season? For I think it's because <laughs> Walking Dead is took, takes place in Georgia, and then it takes place in rural Georgia later mm-hmm. versus L.A., which is a populated city, and all the crazy crap that happens in. I mean, California is our most populated state, so mm-hmm. you know you put a lot of people in a crisis situation and you really get to see them freak out on each other. And it feels much more like there's a lot of zombie movies out there that focus on the um, like mass hysteria action part of it, but I feel like the show is really focusing on the small like build, the slow build and the confusion and the misinformation that's purposely being put out there or just being kept from everybody, which I feel like is much more accurate to how something like that would go down. So... I feel like it's probably the most realistic interpretation of something like an outbreak like this ever happening. And I'm pretty impressed with it, honestly. But, um, however, characters still don't talk to each other and I hate that, but that's a whole other deal. And I'm also doing until Halloween, once a week, I'm going to be doing this new thing I'm calling unspookled. Owen came up with the name, which is brilliant. And, it is a. I'm going to be reading a classic scary story once a week um, because I love Halloween more than anything ever, and I just wanted to do something that would get us all in the spirit. And there's a lot of like classic Halloween or classic ghost stories or you know vampire stories that we many of us will have heard of and know of, but not really have actually read or heard. 
And I thought that would be a fun thing. So the first one that I did was The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which is a classic that I, my mother always told me that story. Every year we would go for a hike in the fall and she would tell me that story while we were hiking. So that's a big tradition for me. Oh, Ichabod. Ichabod is such a douche. Um, And then I'm trying to decide between different Poe tales for the next one. Uh, So... I believe I'm going to go with a Telltale Heart. I'm a personally a big fan of Pit and Pendulum, but... I was the only one that voted for that one, but my, everyone my, remembers. I didn't see the vote. My favorite uh, Poe is the Cask of Amontillado. Somebody personally. else suggested Cask of Amontillado, too. And um, yeah. that one I don't have as good a memory of, so I'm not, I'll have to go and just like kind of breeze through them again to pick which one i want to do the one i remember scaring me the most personally was mask of the red death but i don't feel like that's, that's nearly bit, that's as a good, good one, one um you gotta or, uh, throw midnight some... at a dubstep concert <laughs> oh god <laughs> you gotta throw some lovecraft in there right well i'm this is another one i haven't read any lovecraft at all which i find very shocking this is a great opportunity and that's like I would have to have everybody vote on that one because I have no idea what to pick. Um, I feel like, you know, there are some things that I can have some sort of judgment on, but that's not one of them. So I would be totally willing to do a Lovecraft, but I just don't have any frame of reference for what to choose. So I'll probably Mm. put that to the vote. All right. Um, But yeah, I was definitely wanting people to let me know if they had suggestions for things to cover. But yeah, that's something that's going to be, it's patrons only. Um, and I'm loading them up to um, a Patreon-exclusive Dropbox so people can download them whenever. And I'm not going to be putting them on Bandcamp for sale or anything like that. It's just going to be patrons. And I'm just going to do that up until Halloween. And it's possible that I'll do something like this with Christmas, too, because I love Christmas time. I love a lot of the like uh, myths that surround that time of year. And that might be something well, I like do again. Can we finally continue our long, long quest to educate the masses of the glory that is the Krampus? I, I feel like that giant that movie that's coming out will be taking care of that mostly, but... Okay, but still, I mean, <laughs> not the same. The Venture Brothers Christmas special did an amazing job oh my God. for the Krampus. Yeah, yeah, it did. There was a Krampus episode of um, of Grimm also, which was tremendous. <laughs> I loved it so much. <laughs> but, yeah, so... That's what I'm doing, and I just wanted to let people know about that. So if you're interested in becoming a patron, you also, in addition to like bonus stuff like that, um, like Owen and I are going to be covering the Golden Compass movie coming up. We just finished the first book. Um, you're, you also get early access to all the episodes, and uh, anything that I decide to cover and I have to put to a vote, your vote counts twice. So a lot of perks with being a patron. It's patreon.com backslash unspoiled. And, um, yeah, is, I think that is, is Owen, it. uh, are you and Owen going to do the second one too? I believe so. It's kind of dependent on, I have to get in touch with Rashawn about when she's going to be able to come back because I don't want to uh, get I into gotcha. the second one and then have her suddenly be like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, sort of on tentative hold right now. And we're going to finish up strange and Norrell and then decide what we're going to do. Um, and, uh, Miles and Anton both agreed to cover um, Duncan Egg trilogy for once it comes out. The um, the Night the, of the Seven Kingdoms. That's it. I kept wanting to say Hedge Knight, but that's an actual story name. Night of the Seven Kingdoms, um, which is going to be released in early October. 
You can pre-order it on Amazon. You can go to my website and click my Amazon affiliate link in order to pre-order it, which would be awesome. And yeah, we I've already read I mean, all three of us have already read all the Duncan Egg. Many times. Yeah. Owen, but however, no, has no not. And well, Owen is going to try and be there and record with us, and he'll be the one that's unspoiled for those. So that should be interesting. And also knowing what we know now, in you know, because of what's been mm-hmm. published in the uh, World of Ice and Fire, and if I'm not mistaken, the third Dunkin' Egg came out before Book Five, right? Um, I, I believe. I don't so. remember. Yeah, I yeah. So. So we 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 know there's some bombs that revelation bombs about the past that have been revealed in 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 these books that have come out after the third book i mean the third duncan egg novella so i mean it's nice to go back and well, be like, well, knowing what we know now it'll be fun even though i'm sure it will surprise no one to hear that i have opinions about the fact <laughs> that this book is being released uh this oh, this collection God. is being released so i think it's I have- like i i think it's a really logical move because People, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I have opinions. Um, and I mean, there's a like Owen had been wanting to read it, but he doesn't. He's like me. Like if I'm gonna have to buy three separate books and sift through to get to the fucking stories, I had to have somebody send me the PDF in order to want to read it, and it had to be made super easy for me. He doesn't even like to read. He likes to do audiobooks because he works at a job where he's by himself most of the day and has his headphones on. And there was no audiobook that he could find easily. And so now, once this is released, they're releasing the audiobook at the same time. So, you know, it's just making it more accessible to a lot of people who were interested. It just, it was, there were a lot of hurdles to jump through before you could get it. Um, yes. So, and yet, I have opinions. I'm unsurprised. And yet, Sir <laughs> John the Fiddler. Um, all right. Well,. I think that's it. You guys want to plug anything? Go ahead, ahead, Anton. Oh, go ahead. You go first. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Everybody's already Um, pressed stopped. Yeah, right. Uh, Well, on the off chance that you haven't pressed stop yet, uh, if you're interested in more Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire related stuff, you should go to www.towerofthehand.com where I blog under the pen name of Ghost Love Singer. And uh, I highly recommend you check out my other podcasts, uh, which which I am doing with friends of mine. Um, there is the Smash Fiction podcast, which is super fun. We have kind of a, a funny mock debate NPR style uh, uh, arguments about meaningless shit, like who would win in the fight, you know, Terminator or the Predator, uh, which was our first episode. Our most recent episode was Lara Croft versus Indiana Jones, and... There was so much innuendo. It's pretty fucking hilarious. There was all the innuendo in that episode. Uh, and then you can, if you're at all interested in uh, what I still maintain is the great sport of professional wrestling, uh, the Timekeeper's Table podcast uh, is back. And we are actually uh, doing a new thing with the show where we are following less the current storylines in mainstream wrestling and we are uh, doing less timely things, taking a look back on shows of old and uh, analyzing them, talking about them, generally having fun. You can find both of those podcasts on iTunes, and you can find our wrestling blog at throughthetimekeeperstable.blogspot.com. All right, cool. Well, thank you, everybody, so much Hold on, for Anton listening. Didn't, Anton didn't Oh, get I'm plug. sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, sorry, so... he just took so damn long, Anton, that I just forgot, <laughs> you know. You know what? I'm doing a lot of shit. <laughs> 
Well, I now that the fall season is starting, I will be doing a lot of shit again too. Um, if you guys like the Muppets, it's on a it's, they're coming back on ABC in a office style sitcom, and I will be covering that for ProjectFandom.com. Um, I also have covered Daredevil on Netflix on ProjectFandom.com and Marco Polo. I'm more particularly proud of Daredevil on Netflix because I am proud of that work, and I'm, I'm because it's awesome. Glad. But yes, it's an amazing show. It's an amazing show, and I can't wait for season two. Well, um, I meant I meant your writing on it, but yes, oh, the show is also very thank good. Thank you, thank you. I mean, I am a huge comic book fan. There's that's no surprise. But I really am so happy to be covering shows again for ProjectFandom.com now that you know the the fall season is here. Um, I wasn't able to make a mad dash for some of the other stuff, but I will be covering um, the Muppets and Lucifer um, for for the fall season. So. The Muppets and Lucifer? That sounds like a crazy show. That'd be, that'd oh. be a sitcom right there. I cannot wait for Miss Piggy to start putting her uh, feminine wiles against uh, Lucifer Morningstar. <laughs> he would have met his match. All right. Cool. Now. Now we are good, right? We all no, set? I haven't, done my, I haven't done my plugs yet. Hold on. We got <laughs> no, we need, I need another 15 minutes here. You're fired. Get out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, again, so much for listening. And we will see you next week with a new episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips. Like roses and clover. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over. Sandman, I'm so alone. Don't have nobody to call my own. Please turn on your magic beam. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream.